0: I'm Linda Holmes. This is NPR's Book of the Day. There's a lot of money in politics. That's no secret. There's money in lobbying, in campaigns, in consulting. Some of it disclosed and discussed very openly. Some of it not. But conservative writer Matt Lewis's new book, Filthy Rich Politicians, is about one specific fact. He says a lot of members of Congress, more than half actually, are millionaires. Lewis talks to NPR's Stevens Keep about some of the members he's talking about where the money comes from, and how a party that presents
1: itself as populist chose Donald Trump as its star. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A, Climate change fuels hurricanes. China promises to stop. The big lie persists. Butterflies have hearts. Singers die. Plumbers win. Nurses persevere. Your world speaks. We listen. NPR podcasts. podcasts.
0: More voices, all ears. ears. Find NPR wherever you get your podcasts. The writer Matt Lewis grew up in a rural area in a modest home.
1: My dad was actually a prison guard for about 30 years in Hagerstown, Maryland. I like the joke that he voluntarily went to jail for... Three decades so that I could get paid to write about politics.
0: Which Lewis has done for many years now. He once worked for the Daily Caller, a website run by the right-wing media figure Tucker Carlson. And he realized that at this populist website, many employees came from elite, privileged backgrounds. This became obvious when Lewis worked on a story that turned on the details of yachting.
1: And I just said, hey, does anybody here know anything about yachting or sailboating? Ten hands go up. (laughs) And that's when I knew that I was not in Kansas or West Virginia anymore.
0: Lewis has now written a book on the gap between Washington elites and the people they serve. It's called Filthy Rich Politicians.
1: Everyone has kind of known that politicians tend to be richer than the rest of us. And it's certainly true when you talk about, like, presidents. But right now we're at a point where more than 50% of the members of Congress are millionaires. And so it's a similar situation uh, as with the media. It's hard not to be out of touch with normal average Americans and our concerns when you are way, way wealthier than normal Americans.
0: You have a list of the richest members of Congress. Number one is Senator Rick Scott from Florida, $200 million. Michael McCall, $125 million. Flip through here, you give Nancy Pelosi as being worth $46 million. Uh, Ralph Norman, $20 million is only at number 25. What do you draw from that?
1: Well, first let me say it's almost impossible to know exactly what their net wealth is because politicians – have written the rules regarding their disclosure, how they disclose their wealth. But I think, you know, the really more disturbing part is once politicians get elected, they almost always get richer.
0: Help me understand how political figures would get Richer. And I want to underline a couple of things here. Members of Congress make six figure salaries, but they don't actually seem like that much when you consider they need to own two homes and fly back and forth and travel around all the time and do different things. Uh, and yet you're saying that people get richer after they come to Washington. What are some ways that happens?
1: Right. So, as you noted, the average member of Congress makes about $174,000 a year, but that's not, <laughs> that doesn't account for most of the money they have. But The much more concerning things have to do with, for example, stock trading, specifically instances that look like insider trading. But there's there's a lot of things, including book deals, believe it or not. Ron DeSantis, a month ago, was worth about $300,000, at least according to his disclosure. He just became a millionaire because of a book deal. And of course, He was able to sell books because he's a notable political figure. I would say even more concerning when it comes to these book deals, though, are the bulk sales that they're often able to get. This would be where like, the National Republican Congressional Committee, for example, might buy tens of thousands of copies of a politician's book potentially some of that money would go into the pocket of of the politician via royalties and and maybe even advances.
0: Are there a lot of ways that money that goes to the parties, as you described there, or that goes to campaigns, the millions and millions and millions of dollars, end up enriching the candidates themselves?
1: Yes, I think that is one of the um, real problems is that it's, it's other people's money. They're enriching their friends and family along the way. Maxine Waters paid her daughter more than $80,000 out of campaign coffers. That's just one year. Uh, Ilhan Omar has directed millions of dollars to her husband's consulting firm. And in 2012, Ron Paul, Republican Congressman Ron Paul, paid at least six different members of his family a total of more than $300,000. And so in this case, the money is being paid to family members. And and I think it's really eroding trust in our elected officials.
0: Can the officials in every one of those cases essentially say, well, uh, they were doing work. People should be paid for work. And yeah, they're a family member, but that's the person I trust. John F. Kennedy named his brother attorney general.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, Ulysses S. Grant had like 40 or 50 members of his family, I think, on the payroll in one capacity or another. And look, I'm willing to believe that Robert F. Kennedy was a great campaign manager for his brother. I don't think he should have been the attorney general, but but he was certainly a qualified and competent person. I just think we need to hold our elected officials to a higher standard.
0: I want to talk about the political significance of this. Um, the party with which you've been most associated has a lot of people in it who think of themselves as— ordinary Americans, not the elites. The party has a kind of platform of campaigning against the elites. How did its standard bearer turn out to be a millionaire from New York who's been involved in all the things that Donald Trump has been involved in?
1: Uh, It's stunning, to be honest. Um, Trump is interesting. You know, on one hand, he actually lost wealth during his presidency, and that's mainly due to the fact that COVID-19 did damage to industries that he has invested in, including the hotel industry. But Although, although
0: he, the hotel that he had in Washington seems to have charged very high prices for lots <laughs> and lots of rooms from Republicans during his presidency. But go on, go
1: on. Well, Republicans and also foreign, <laughs> foreign uh, visitors and dignitaries who probably stayed there and paid you know good money, the fact that Trump actually hired Ivanka, his daughter, and Jared, his son- in-law to work in his administration and then Jared ends up getting a two billion dollar investment from a Saudi fund into his private equity firm. Two billion dollars is really unbelievable. you know the bidens, of course, are currently also facing some potential scandals and questions like having to do with Hunter Biden. And I don't know how that will shake out, but it won't be $2 billion, I can tell you that.
0: Matt K. Lewis is the author of Filthy Rich Politicians. Thanks so much. Thank you. because it's in our smartphone, our tablet, our laptop. And as a consequence, the lives of the people living in that part of the Congo descended into just a catastrophe.
1: Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.